So do I have to start this week with an apology? Maybe not an apology, but I think I think our listeners probably deserve an explanation because they were wondering where we were. Where did we go for the week? It was totally my fault. I mean, people should know by now that you do technical stuff. I, <laughs> I, I well, you, and you do it well. And and I just as oh, long as it, if I press a button and it looks like it's working, it works. If something goes wrong, I don't really know what to do. And something went wrong, not just once. So we sat down to record the podcast. At the end, we both said to each other, oh, "I really enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Great." I went to send it to you. No sound at all. Like Nothing. no sound at all. Not nothing. nothing. And do you know what? Part of me thought the way it should be, just me prattling <laughs> on, on my own, <laughs> talking nonsense, loose facts going unchallenged, everything that I dream of. <laughs> just that's what it really. This should be a monologue. This start, should just be start me of a new podcast. Chatting. That's it. And I could have released my side of it, which would just be me talking with no responses from you and just having a lovely chat with myself. But. You know, it flashed through my mind until I, I thought, well, yeah, maybe Gigi does contribute to the pod. Did, did, did you feel the same <laughs> when it happened the second time? <laughs> uh, yeah, the second time. Oof, yeah, so we recorded it a second time. Yeah, we did. Um, and uh, yeah, <laughs> I felt I'm so bad. Relaxed. I know, but I'm fairly relaxed. But I knew you kept apologising all day, but I, I was just sort of like, it's okay, like, it's just a mistake. It's done, right? This, well, I mean, there's just nothing that, that I think it happen. But I, I did say it... I'm not recording a third time. Yeah, you did. You made that <laughs> very clear. We, we, <laughs> we, got, we got really lucky that we were actually, the second time we were videoing it, filming it, I don't even know what you call it, so people could watch us do the podcast for Tennis Channel. Yeah. So that has been released today as we record this. What day is it? Friday. So on the Tennis Channel app and website under, I think, Tennis Channel International new releases, you can find it. And there's a lot about Cameron Norrie. So if you're tuning in this week for a lot about Cameron Norrie, you you might hear a little bit, but you're not going to hear a lot. If you watch the one we did, they will see a lot of you talking about Cameron Norrie and how you knew it was all going to happen and you were right and you could have just stripped that. That could have been your, your debut pod, could have been you on Norrie, basically. Yeah. I, I mean, didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was sort of talking about Cam, but I was sort of just bigging up myself as well. A lot of bigging up with Cam, but just bigging up myself, saying I called it. I called it. I mean, yeah, I, I didn't call it that long ago. It's so impressive. I can't, I, yeah, it's amazing. I can't believe he's won a slam. Uh, and, a slam. He's won a slam. He's won Indian Wells. Well, you, you said well, you won a slam. It's, it's close be- enough. No, but it was because, and if people haven't watched it, don't watch it, won't watch the video version, you you compared sort of almost Cameron Norrie doing what he did at Indian Wells to Emma Raducanu winning the US Open, to which I completely disagreed. Yeah, and I'm very confident that everybody else will disagree as well. But I'm, I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with it. I, I did, though, say if he goes on to qualify and win Turin, then I might put it on more of a level because that would be astonishing. That would be, I mean, that would be ridiculous. I mean, there's so ridiculous. much, so much of 2021. And let me look at the race for a second because we've got both the races to look ah. at. We've got two spaces left. And at the moment, Kasper Ruud and Hubert Herkatch are in those spaces. Yep. Yannick Sinner, as we speak, is still alive in Vienna. Cameron Just picked Nuri, up another title as well. His yeah, fifth I mean, of the season? It's ridiculous, My isn't word. it? Cameron Norrie lost in the round of 16 in Vienna. Felix Ogieliasim, as we record this, is on court against Sasha Zverev. Diego Schwartzman still going strong. I mean, there is... The, 
I love it when it gets to this stage of the season and then you go into Paris and really crazy things happen. So if you had to put if you had to put your pound now on who gets spots seven and eight, who's getting who's getting seven and eight for you and going to Turin? Rude. Yeah. Um oof. And then it's it tough between Turkach, it? Sinner and Cam, right? That's who it's between. I mean that's the order. So yeah. I think I mean Felix oh, he could make an argument for any of them. Felix could get in there. If he if he wins if he wins Vienna, he wouldn't be I that... know, but it's just something about it that I just I just don't <laughs> see it. I don't see it at the moment. He'll be there one day, just not this year. Okay. And then right. maybe you could argue that about Sinner as well. Maybe yeah. he'll He'll be there definitely be there time. one day. I mean hundred yeah, percent. He'll be there definitely. next year. Yeah. And then every year after that for, for years. Yeah. For time and time to come. Um but yeah, for yeah, for Cam and for Hubert. Ooh, I mean it's so tough, isn't it? The numbers are so tight. Um I mean Cam has already lost this week, so he's not going I don't know, it's difficult, isn't it? It's a toss up. I'm gonna say that uh, I think to be honest it's gonna be Hercatch or Sinner, so I'm gonna say that Hercatch gets it. Sinner, if he were to win uh in Vienna, he mm. would then go above Hercatch. I mean he'd be he'd have 3,335 points. I mean, he could really, he could really take that. But I, gosh, to have Berrettini, who's already qualified, and Sinna in Turin would be enormous. But I was looking at some, I was looking at some stats of Casparud, um, who had a 37% win rate on hard courts prior to 2021. This season alone on hard courts, he has that's that worked out as he won 16, lost 27 matches. This year alone on the hard courts, he has a 78% win rate. He's won 21 matches and he's lost six. Well, that's because he's just won a lot of matches this year. <laughs> just period. Doesn't matter it's, what surface. It's on the hard. It, is it that he's won a lot of matches and it doesn't matter what surface it's given him? He's obviously worked at moving his game to the hard courts but is it also because he's won so many matches it's just brought that confidence that he's then brought onto the hard courts yeah look I I personally don't see him as a clay court specialist I never have he's obviously a clay court lover that's his favorite surface and he is sensible in trying to climb the rankings and get to the top 10 in playing as much on clay as he can and, and, and maximizing that but before getting to ATP level he's done well on hard courts as well whether it's at challenges or whatever it may be he hasn't just played on clay so yeah I'm not super surprised that he's been able to to translate his game um because you know he's just got well, he's got one of the biggest forehands out there I mean, in terms of the revs per second it's 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 actually insane, absolutely insane. It's up there with Nadal as, as sort of the, the biggest revs per second. Not the biggest pace, that would be Berrettini. Uh, but in terms of, yeah, it, it revs per second, it's huge. I mean, actually, you say Berrettini or possibly Basilashvili, to be honest. He was absolutely melting the ball uh, through Indian Wells. So, um, yeah, I mean, that forehand works on, on any surface, really. Uh, so, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not super surprised. As I say, I don't really think that he's a specialist at all. I think that he loves the clay, and we see him mm. at his best on the clay. But he's great on the hard. Mm. This uh, this this season just keeps giving you surprises, doesn't it? In terms of what and we've spoken about this a lot. The stories. Well, come on, Radikanu, Karatsev, Nori. I mean, it just keeps going. But one of the matches that people are saying one of the matches of the year was Andy Murray. He got the win over Hubert Hercatch to get that top 10 win, but it was that Francis Tiafoe epic encounter 
between the two. And it just puts a smile on your face, doesn't it? It puts a smile on your face to see Murray playing that kind of tennis and lasting and coming out on top in those kind of matches. I didn't see it. I didn't not not the match. I saw the match. Sorry, that, that was entirely not what I was trying to say. <laughs> I didn't see it coming. I did not see that Andy Murray was going to play this level of tennis. Did you? Did you really think that he could be playing at this level week in week out over the past couple of years? <sighs> There's something about Murray, and you sort of don't doubt him because he's got the hunger and design. So much is about having that hunger, even though the body's probably saying, "Just give me a rest, give me a break." Yeah. It's his desire, it's his love, and it's his passion for the game. I think they're such massive factors. Not only does he treat his body like a temple, and he does everything to be as good as he can be, but it's just his love of it. Do you know what I mean? It's that passion he has for tennis. I think that can also make that difference. The fact he wants to be out there. He want, And I love the goals he sets himself. So his goal was to test himself against the very best, to, to beat a top 10 player. And he's just setting those little increments of what he wants to do. And, and to play a match like that against Francis Tiafoe, her catch was a top 10 win, but to play like he did, it's, I just think it's really nice to see. I don't know how long he can sustain it for. That sounds a bit daft because mm. you think... If he's playing at that level, he can continue. I don't know if he can, but I think he's been quite sensible, hasn't he? He said that the Davis Cup was never something he wanted to do because he wants a proper, wants a proper shutdown pre-season time with the family to get him. So he's learned, hasn't he? He's learned that you cannot do what he did in 2016 because it's damaging. He's older. Bits of him are now made out of metal, and he's got to think about things differently. Yeah, and he's got to use the limited off-season that he's got to develop a bit more physically. He can't just be trying to piece his body back together. And uh, look, Davis Cup 2019, that didn't end well. The hits where he picked up the groin injury um, and that had him out for for a lot longer as well. So, yeah, I think it seems to be a a smart move. But the body looks like it's getting stronger. I mean, I think I've said from the beginning, if it's possible... Andy will do it because that's just his mindset. Whatever is absolutely, whatever is possible for him to do with that hip, with his situation, he will get there. If he can, he will. Of course he will. And we're seeing that now. It's just I never, you know, I thought that we would see him back. I did think we would see him back consistently. But yeah, the, the, the level of movement, because his game was just so based off his movement because he was so fantastic at anticipating. He understands the sport, you know, almost better than anybody he just know. You just feel like he knew where his opponents were going. He would make them go into a certain mm-hmm. area. You know, he'd he'd just hit a short ball and say, "Go on, then try and hit a winner." Watch me hit a running forehand pass. Like that's just that's just sort of the way that that he went about it. And to then think, okay, well, even if he gets his movement back to the best it could possibly be, it's still not going to be what it was. It's like you know, and then plus you know the game moves on, new guys come up, you know, and and and, and, and whatever. It, I mean, it's just it's nonsense. It's just nonsense what he's doing at the moment. Now he's just like, yeah, fine, I'm playing at this level, and you know he's playing at a top twenty level. It's it's, it's amazing. Yeah, and I think it's helped now the body is is healthy to have that run of games. You know, to play week after yeah. week and and to get to get that tennis to get that tennis in him and hopefully, oh gosh, wow, hopefully. But I think it is that love of tennis. He talk, he lives it. He for some people it's a job, and I've met footballers over the year years. They're so talented, but it's a job. You know, they go home in the evening and they switch off. They don't watch it. They don't play 
FIFA, it's a job. They go to work. Like a lot of people, they go to work, they do their job, they come home, they do something else. You know, that it doesn't, you can be very talented at something, but it doesn't mean it's your passion or you live it and breathe it. And and you see some tennis players like that. They are either out there to make money that some have been vocal about. You know, they're good at it. So I'm just going to do it or to travel the world or it's a means to an end. But you sense and you, you, he loves it. He he loves the training. He loves the traveling. He loves waiting in airports, he said before. You know, all these things that people are like, I really don't want to do that. And I think that really, I think that makes a difference to see what we're seeing now because to put himself through what he's put himself through, I mean, it's pretty, you've got to love it, haven't you? Because it's pretty brutal. And most people would have said, you know what? I've done really well. I'm just sort of done now. Well, he's had every opportunity yeah, to stop to be done for everyone to just say do you know what this is a good time just there've been plenty of good times to call it a day <laughs> it just saw they seem, seem to come every single year don't they for him but he's just like no why would i do that it's madness i love it so you yeah. know what? well we're loving it another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know, I've started watching. I, I haven't finished it Ooh. yet, so it's not like I can give you a review of it. Have you watched that Mardi Fish Netflix documentary? I have indeed. Yes. So, well, you'll be better at doing this. So I'm only, I'm only halfway through. <laughs> I, look, I started watching it. That the house was quite half term, but the boys were out doing some pumpkin carving. Um, one came back. He'd carved a face in the front, as you do, and on the back he'd carved a bottom. <laughs> so he was really, <laughs> so he was really proud. He said, "Mummy, look at my pumpkin." I was like, "Great!" And it's the usual little triangle eyes and the jagged teeth. And he said, "It's got a." bottom and he turned it around I was like okay yeah uh, excellent so it's outside the front door with its bottom and it looks like a bottom facing outwards but oh good he's six he's just got to go for it anyway they were out carving pumpkin bottoms and so I just happened to be I was actually tidying their kind of playroom and I thought I'm going to put it on it's quiet and I was really loving it I haven't finished it I think I've got to the bit which it's all about. I've got to the... I didn't really know the background of him and Andy Roddick. I didn't know he was taken under the wing of Roddick's parents. And, you know, it was a very different mindset. And that I've got to the bit when he decided he wanted to give it one more shot. You know, he was looking at the tour finals. He was going to change everything about himself. And, and it kind of links back a little bit to stuff we've been talking about with Medvedev, with Nori over the years and more recently, about making those decisions to change those little things, you know, what's the best I can eat? What's the best I can train? What's the best? I, I don't know how you were like when you were training, if you ever, I don't know if you sat in your room and ate pizzas at night or whether you ate the best. I don't know. I'm, I'm really fascinated, fascinated by these people that say, I'm really good at something, but now I'm going to make everything absolutely perfect. And that's the bit I've, I had to stop it because then the, the pumpkins arrive, but that's, that's where I'm at. Is it, is it, <laughs> does it get better? Is it, I mean, I'm enjoying it. No, it's very, it, no, it's really interesting. It, it's really fascinating. And you just sort of, you know, because you only ever really watch them play tennis, right? You just watched a lot of Marty Fish playing and really enjoyed watching him play. But you yeah. don't, you have no understanding as to the 
the behind the scenes thing. But I think that all falls into, you know, I don't think it's actually to do with the details. I think you're absolutely spot on. But I don't think it's the actual action of sorting out the details. I think it's more just the mentality that they get to a point where they just say, I'm taking charge. I'm doing this. I'm going to get there and this is how I'm going to do it. And they just hit that point where that is the entire focus. They've got their blinkers on. They get the right people in place and it's just, or they've got them already, but it's just them saying, right, I'm ready now. To, to take this to the next level and it, and it comes from them as a, as a person and and they are taking control of every element of of what they're doing and understanding that responsibility and it happens for different people at different times you know I, some people have it from quite early on and for others it's slightly later in the career or like Marty was saying when he decided right one more one more crack at this one more proper crack at this and actually knuckled down more than he ever had before um, you know, we've seen transformations with somebody like a Dan Evans, for example. Yeah. He really just said, right, okay, this is what I'm doing. He's reached the semifinals of a Masters event. You know, and, and you, you really do see that uh, with a lot of players. Of course, you've got to have the ability. There's no there's no good somebody who's not good enough saying, right, I'm going to do that. I mean, it's not going to work out very well, unfortunately. So it's not 100% to do with uh, with the mentality. Um, you know, a lot of people think positively about things. <laughs> it only works out for the people who can, I'm afraid. Um, but yeah, it's a, it, for me, it's less about the actual eating better, but more about the headspace that you're in to start making those decisions and but does the that help, for making those decisions. Does that help the headspace though? If you if you tell yourself, right, I'm eating the right things and I'm doing the... I mean, it all contributes, doesn't it? So you've got to be in the right headspace. But then if you're in the right headspace but eating three pizzas, then that's not going it, to... It's sort of... It's everything, isn't it? If you think, right, I'm eating right and you're, you're putting... You're putting the kind of building blocks in place to be the best. And and the best you can be might not... I think we assume, well then, well, if you don't get to world number one a slam, you're a disappointment. But someone like Milos Raonic has always done the best he could do to wring every ounce of talent out of his body. And that's been a fantastically successful career. No, he hasn't won a grand slam. No, he hasn't been number one in the world. But I think everyone, you've got to look at it, everyone's got different limits of uh, Baslashvili decided right this is the time went with Yandovic won back-to-back 500s and will end up having a very good career so I guess it's it's just you I guess as well and I don't know if you ever thought this but you have to work out in your head where you realistically believe you can get to with doing everything right yeah you've got to you've got to be realistic uh know where you're at know where you're going and know what it takes to get there mm. really and for some people they go Oof not sure it's worth it. I'm yeah. happy where I am. Other people say, right, and no, I can do that. I can do that. I can get there. I really want to get there. Um, you know, and for others, they'll say, yeah, I can do that. I just don't fancy it. Or others will go, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can. You know, And it's good to have those sort of conversations. They tend to happen sort of in off season. You have a bit of time to reflect when you're on a holiday, you're gearing up for the new new year, uh, whatever it might be. But um yeah, it, it's something that you can't fake. It has to really, really come from within for it to really mm. um, make a big difference to you. But, you know, you walk out on court. This is a sport where you know, coaching's not allowed. You're out there on your own. It's gladiatorial. You've got to figure everything out on your own, even though pff, coaching happens coaching every happens. single match. I mean, just <laughs> every single match. Whether it's men's, women's, juniors, I don't, dubs, whatever it is, it happens. Um, but ultimately, you're you're pretty much out there on your own. And... You know, you, you've 
so you you have to have that sort of autonomy over what you're doing you can't you know if you're off the match court and you walk onto practice session and you say to your coach like right what are we doing today you're just not taking ownership over your own game over what you're doing you need to walk on the court and say right I want to work on this uh this needs to like this needs to improve I want to do this amount of reps you list off a couple of things you want to do and then to your coach say right you know anything else you want to add in like that's what it is it's a collaboration with you leading it um uh, and that's it but the amount of players that will just walk on court do a session with a coach and, and pretty much just look at them being like make me better and then at the end of the session I'll be better than I was at the beginning of the session and thanks very much you know and that that happens all, all the way through but that's where you're always going to be limited because you know you just you're, you're not you're not driving in the right direction how much can you realistically change in an off season? If you got to the end of 2021 and said, I want to be a better player, I want to maximise my potential, I want to change everything about myself. What can you realistically do in the time you have before you start again? Uh, you know, look, you don't have long, um, you know, standard the standard sort of time scales people would say is that to improve an element of your physicality uh, and to sort of bed it down so that you have made those gains and they are set uh, it takes about six weeks uh, and it's pretty similar with learning a skill uh, so if that's technical or sort of your footwork patterns or something like that doing those repetitions it can take sort of six weeks um you know a lot of players just not going to have that luxury of that amount of time um because they're going to take because you have to have a you need to have a holiday it's so so important you know you've got to take that that break come back refreshed uh and uh, and try and develop i mean it depends on how people do it really you know i've known what so for example a coach and a player who was ranked sort of in the top 50, they approached the uh, off season and said, right, uh, he needs to improve uh, his returns. That's the aim. Everything else is, you know, just going to tick over and obviously we're, we're going to do some stuff, but the main work is on the return. So there was a couple of footwork patterns, particularly on like the, the body jammed, the body backhand jammed return. It's a very technical return. That's one of the most tricky ones to execute. No surprise. The best returner in the world is the best at that. Novak Djokovic. Um, but it is, uh, it is very tricky because, you know, you're ha- and it, it's difficult physically. So you've got the movement patterns you need to get right. You've got the physical side of things you need to develop. Uh, and you've got, um, you know, the reps you need to get in in terms of the, um, the shots. But there's no point in just doing loads of reps on it. It won't get better. You need to physically strengthen up in whichever area you, you need to with that. Um, you need to practice the footwork patterns. Uh, so you're going to be doing that, all that in the gym. That will take a few couple of weeks few weeks uh, and then you can start really firing in the reps once you've sort of got that and then you can bed it in and, and hope that it, it becomes sort of, sort of autonomous by the end of the uh, end of the block um, and then you'll be sort of good to go but that's just one shot you know that that will take yeah. you that, and, and it's not even one it's not that's not, not returns that is a specific body backhand jammed return and you're talking about spending hours on that each day to try and improve it whether that is physical technical movement patterns or then just doing the reps in the end um on top of that you're going to want to do lots of point practice you want to do general fitness as well we heard a lot about team with his sort of rocky style training (laughs) out in the woods you want to you want to come back in in great shape uh, as well so you know most players i think will you know do a lot of the, the general stuff try and improve the basics and they'll have maybe one specific that they really want to improve if they say right you are winning so for the season, you won 49.6% of your second serve points. 
we need to get that to 50%. And actually, when it comes to averages, the amount of points you play, the amount of matches you play through the season, that 0.4% is quite tough to do. Mm. You have to be, you have to look at those areas, the placement, whatever it may be. Your coach will come up with a plan uh, and then you'll tackle it from there. But yeah, it, it, it takes a while. But that's where we see, you know, somebody like a Djokovic, he's now... Oh God, I'm going to say 15 years into a career, but it's probably longer than that. 15 years into a career and we see him come back a better player every single January. He turns up to Australian Open and something is better. You know, something, you know, whether he's more flexible or, or you know, technically on, on certain shots, we see them evolve. We see Roger Federer, how much he's improved that backhand when it's been kicked up high. I mean, there's so many different things, but any of the top players will start January a better player than they finished the season before. And that's just their mentality is just, just trying to develop something. So the question to you is, will we see Novak Djokovic in Australia in January? There's the I question. Don't ask me. Oh, come on. You I must ask Novak. You've got to have a thought because this, uh, for people who don't know, Djokovic has said he will not be revealing whether or not he's been vaccinated. And that, that side of things... I agree with you. You know, it's, it's your choice whether you get vaccinated or not. You know what? It's up to you. I hope people do, but I totally agree. It's people's choice. But when it comes to Australian Open, if what they're saying is, if you have had your vaccinations, so let's pick a player who has. Do we know anyone who hundred percent has? Who I'm just going to pluck out their name. They will just get on the plane, get off it in Melbourne, and live life as normal. Whereas if you mm. haven't had your jabs, you're going into a hotel. So Djokovic is like, I'm not going to tell you if I have or haven't. Well, we're going to find out if he's stuck in an Australian airport hotel for two weeks that he hasn't. So I, I, my thing with that, again, it, it's not about he has to, he doesn't have to. I think he should just say it because if he doesn't go to Australia, surely it's because he hasn't had them. It, it's, it's not going to be any other reason, right? Uh well, yeah, but then we just like that's all we can do is wait and see. But I just don't we, know. We, we will find out at some point. We will know by by day one of Australian Open whether he's had uh, his jabs or not. But he could shut it down so easily if you're so passionate about something. So, wh- what are you passionate about? What would you say you're very? I was trying to think. I couldn't. I was about to say Christmas, but you're not. Are you? <laughs> I've sent <laughs> all, you. A, I've all sent sorts. you a Christmas. But yeah, we trip. we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? And it's just it's up to him to. If I were him, I would shut it down and just to stop the the chat and say, just look, this is the plan. If but you're so know, passionate maybe he, about maybe he something, if, you, if you're so passionate about something that you don't want to do something, for instance, then just say, okay, people, I don't want to for these reasons and that's it and it's done with. I but just... maybe, he, maybe he's not that passionate about it. I don't know. Is he that passionate about it? He's been outspoken on it, but is he really yeah. that passionate about it? I don't know. Maybe I... he goes, ah, oh, all right, whatever. It, it, it's it's going to be a tough one for him if he's got a dilemma here because with the vaccination because of you know he he's 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 had opportunities to go past twenty he hasn't for different reasons he's on twenty now if Nadal comes back oh then Roland Garros he's going to be wanting to go for that one Wimbledon you would say yeah Novak Djokovic Wimbledon U.S. Open we've had different winners now you've got the new breed actually winning Grand Slams so Medvedev's like I've done it. I've I've done that really tough thing and, and I've crossed the finish line and I've beaten one of the best players to do it and I've succeeded. So they've got the confidence and belief. So a little bit like we saw with Serena Williams, you know, it's now and on the men's side, we were like, no, no, it still belongs to X, Y and Z. These other guys have now got that belief that they can do it. The other players have seen other players doing it. And it's look, Djokovic is still the best 
when he's at his best that there is. But it, it's going to start getting harder for him. Would you agree? It is. It is, yeah. But I don't think that he underestimates that. I don't think that he's, he takes winning any Grand Slam for granted at all. And I think, especially now with what they're talking about, saying that potentially the you could go unvaccinated and just quarantine. I'm sure he'll probably just do that. Like, if he doesn't want to get vaccinated. He did it last year and he won the thing. So it can't have been that bad. So but I think that's, yeah. I mean, I just think then just say, I'm going to do quarantine. I, I don't know why he's making it such a mystery because we've got a situation coming up when it's going to be fairly obvious one way or the other. So I'd just mm-hmm. be like, just, you know, here we go. This is where I stand. This is what I'm going to do. Either see you in Australia or I'm not going. I well, know. he's probably waiting for the actual rules to, to come out because even we don't really know. We've heard the sort of the latest, but, you know, is that sort is that entirely official and that's set in stone and that's what happen- what's well, happening? It seems I don't know. to be that the media and the players have been told that as of now, today, this moment, if you've had two vaccinations, you won't have to quarantine. Qualifying will be in Melbourne, won't be in the Middle East. The charter flights might still happen but you can make your own travel arrangements and you yeah. can pretty much arrive from the you still again people will willy-nilly can't go into australia but if you apply and you get the authorization to go from media or a player point of view you can live your life as normal from the moment you step off off the plane i mean that's look unless there's a surge in cases i don't see them rowing back on that because they want to resume to a sense of normality and i guess what there's what the australian premier is saying that why should the people who are going there have to have had their vaccinations and be watching players who haven't? And I, I, I sort of get that, you know, if because Australia's been through the absolute ringer, really, in recent months. So, um, but then as we've talked about tennis, it's just very different to other sports. But I, it could change again. I just, yeah, I find that, I find that one quite interesting. We're just going to keep talking about, it. or I am. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm just sort of like, well, we'll just wait and see. He'll make his decision on the. And the information he's got. Hey, so I was going to yes. ask you, because uh, it's half-term fun for you this Oof, week, isn't it? Yes. Has been. <laughs> Have, uh, how was Ikea? Did you Ikea go was, to Ikea? Ikea was amazing. Um, was a, a, lot of, a lot of my friends, no, genuinely it was amazing. I, I'm just exhausted. It genuinely was amazing. A lot of my friends said, what are you doing? You're crazy. You're silly woman. You're going to Ikea at half-term. Because a lot of parents use it as free childcare because you get the big spacious aisles, the beds and sofas they can sit on sort of toy section and then sort of hot dogs at the end it was amazing it was it was empty it, it was empty I don't, I don't know what's happened Ikea was empty so the boys kept going into all the kitchens sitting on the beds they weren't I don't want people to imagine my boys were just going hell for leather around Ikea but they were kind of walking into the kitchens opening the fridges saying mommy what about this kitchen and this and they were loving Did themselves. you end up buying a new kitchen? <laughs> uh, no, but I bought loads of stuff that I genuinely don't need. You know, you get those bags and you yeah. say, oh, look, I need that container. I don't need that container. You know, and then there's the marketplace. It's always the lure, isn't it, of a more organised life, I oh, find. Yeah. All these sorts of, oh. um, yeah, it's that's it. It's container and organising boxes oh, and drawer separators. And you think, oh, I could, ha- I could live a more organised life. I mean, and it's I- never going to happen. <laughs> I buy it. And I just, I mean, I'm not an organised person. <laughs> I, I get buy on minimum 
requirements when it comes to filing paperwork at home. I yeah. have very general categories that it Green. goes into. Yeah. Uh, I also have a big pile of posts currently that is waiting to be organised. Who oh, is it? <laughs> it? It's sort of my biannual thing. Every six months I'll sit down and, and organise everything into the, the relevant categories. But I feel like that's sort of passable as general life admin. It's not just all yeah. in a big pile, is it? it? It has, I've got a good sort of like 12 folders of different things going on. Oh. But anyway, yeah, I, that's, that's for me, that's it. Somewhere like Ikea, I would end up with just so much stuff. that It's the lure of, uh, I'll be walking out there thinking, I'm going to be so organised. I spend a whole day organising it at home and then pff, by the I end of the weekend, it'd be out of the window. I like bags and boxes and I buy candles. I don't even, I'm not a really a massive candle person, but their candles look so nice. And yeah, so I, oh, I, I could be into candles. Yes, I'm going to be into candles couple, now. A couple of candles go in there. And then I've got... So the, I've had one candle in my house that just... I mean, we've it's had it dust since we moved it. in six years ago. <laughs> yeah, you have to burn that all of that away to, to light it. I think once a year I might put it on. I might light it. But like, yeah, I'm exactly the same. I just walk around and go, ooh, ca- I, I could be into candles. Let's, well, I'm let's like, do candles. Candles are expensive. I'm like, ooh, toffee crumble candle. That smells sounds oh, delicious well Lovely. and then the boys you've got to get one for christmas haven't you with christmas oh, the, you have to have like that the mulled wine candle or the fir mm-hmm. tree candle and the boys when i'm not looking are putting things in the bag things that they don't even know what they are so there's the marketplace at the bottom which is when you uh-huh. the, the eyes widen and i'm taking things again that i genuinely don't need and the boys are picking things up they don't know what they are and putting them in the bag that i don't realize so then you get to the check oh I, you know what i tried for the first time have you ever had a dime bar yeah, so course. I've never I've never had one in my life. I've never had one, ever. Well, for the Europeans, they're now they're, they're Dame bars, aren't they? They're now called Dame bars. Is that, how you, is that how you have to say it? Well, they used to be D I M E in this country. They used to be Dime bars, and now it's Dame Dame Dime. Dime anyway, dame. It's spelled the, different. They're right. Swedish. Um, I'd they're never great. had one. Now they're doing a limited edition chocolate orange version for Christmas. So I yeah. bought some. You have to buy meatballs at IKEA because you have to because they're great um so no i ended up with yeah i my mum came and, and the boys my mum kept saying do you need that do you think you need that do you really need that <laughs> as i mm. was like piling stuff in but it was amazing there was no one in it boys loved it they got some sort of toy thing at the end of it back in the car they were exhausted mum when can we go back to ikea i'm like well you know another time so it was it was great i've you know my objective this half term was to do as many indoor things as possible because we've had 18 months of everything being outdoors and really cold. And I think I'm still recovering from the cold. So I've done a week of lots of indoor with friends, Ikea type shopping things. And it's gone well. I'm, I'm, I'm tired. I'm very happy that school starts again on Monday. Um, And you're, we're not working together next week, are we? We're We're not working anywhere near each other next week, are we? No, well, speaking of indoors, it is the indoor season at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, uh, yes, we've we've had Antwerp, uh, Cluj is going on at the moment in Romania. So I've been following that one. Emma Raducanu back playing, back winning as well. Speaking Romanian, because why not just tick another box as if there were any more boxes to tick? Why not? We just create a new box for a third language and tick that one as well. But yeah, she's out there. Potential, she plays Marta Kostiuk to night so this will come out after she's played Marta yeah um but 
if she wins that, could potentially be looking at a semi-final with Simona Halep. And wouldn't that be awesome for wow. the Romanian tournament? They've got their absolute superstar in Simona Halep. They're going to clearly adopt Emma as an honorary Romanian, which is fair enough. Her dad's Romanian. She speaks Romanian. Um, I mean, as long as they re- remember that she's British, it's fine. <laughs> and uh, But I mean, how cool would that? I mean, it would have been an even cooler final. But just it, it's just nice, isn't it, when it works out like that for the home tournaments and the home players. And it, it would just, it would be really, yeah it'd be really cool and let me ask you while you're talking about Cluj and we mentioned the ATP race for the finals to the WTA finals in Guadalajara yes Annette Contevich now there's there's one there's one place left isn't there's there's one place left in in the race because I think Paola Badosa got um got the most recent place and it's between Anjabur who holds it because Ash Barty withdrew so it goes down to Anjabur has got it if Annette Kontovit, who's into the semi-finals in Cluj, wins the tournament, she will go ah, 40 points ahead of Anjabur into the final spot. Ooh. I mean, Annette's had a fabulous year. Wow. So has Ons. I mean, yeah, they've yeah. both, either one, I think would be, it would be fantastic to have them there. Absolutely. I think, um, yeah, Annette's just been churning through the winds. She's done it quite quietly. You know, she's not like she's been at the very back end of slams and, you know, in a slam final or, uh, you know, that sort of thing. But she has just churned out the wins just over and over and over again. Just such, such quality. So delighted to see her doing so well. And, and Ons has just been been fabulous as well. I wouldn't honestly, I couldn't choose a favorite between the two of them. Either way, they'll they'll be bringing an awful lot. Guadalajara. That's a tough one, isn't it? So, yeah, so next week we will be joining Uh, up together and you will be indoors covering Paris. Yes, absolutely. Paris Bercy. And I will be indoors covering the Billie Jean King Cup finals 18 months from when it was first scheduled to be played. It is happening in Prague. I'm covering it remotely from the UK. Uh, looking forward to it. There's been a few players. Look, it's a difficult time of year, isn't it? Because you've got players who are injured. You've got players who are maybe looking at the WTA finals, like uh, Bedosa and Muguruza recently withdrew. So it's 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 a difficult time to have them because of the time of year and the year that we've had that's been so tough. But it's wonderful that they're actually staging them so um yeah no really looking forward so we're going to be that's going to be an interesting one next week for both of us because we'll kind of link up and and be watching for the first time very different tournaments yeah and we'll have loads to talk about because we will be uh across all of the action i gotta leave you now though because i have promised one of the boys that i will build a lego city not a house not a car a city um, and don't think, you live near Legoland can't you just take him there and be like there goes a city it's a whole land <laughs> well a, it's a little bit late shut but yeah I could do <laughs> but I have promised our Friday night excitement is going to be building and he really he wants to go I can't just build a little house and say isn't that wonderful he wants to go the full the full thing so um, oh that's cool well send me a picture yeah yeah it might not be for a couple of days it's going to take a while so I'm off to build a Lego city and uh, and we will we will chat again next week in the midst of a couple of different tournaments. Yes, then I'm looking forward to it. Bye, happy Halloween. Bye.